0: This is HPR episode 2362, entitled Raspbian X86 on Lenovo X61. It is hosted by Tony Humaka, Tony H1212, and is about 11 minutes long, and carries a clean flag. The summary is, this is another distro review show. This episode of HPR is brought to you by honesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15.
1: Hello Acker Public Radio listeners, this is Tony Hughes from Blackpool in the UK uh, giving you another uh, show and this time it's about running Raspbian x86 on uh, the Lenovo x61s that I did a uh, review of of with different OSs a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago probably now um, as these laptops don't have a DVD drive, normally I would create a boot flash drive using USB image writer in Linux Mint. But I'd received a DVD of Raspberry with the Magbi- uh, Magpie magazine, which is the uh, Raspberry Pi magazine. Um, so I connected a portable USB DVD drive that I had and used the disk to install to the laptop. On booting to the DVD drive you get several options including a live session with persistence uh, which allows saving of data uh, and system changes to a flash drive during the session if you are using a live session if you want to. But the option I chose was to do a complete install to the hard drive. This gives a simplified uh, Debian installer and for new users with no previous experience of installing Linux it recommends one of of the options at each stage Uh, the only issue I had with the uh, installer was at the stage where it asks to install Grub it does not automatically highlight the main drive the SDA um, as the default um, recommendation. Small gripe but It could confuse a newcomer if they've never had any experience of installing an operating system before. That said, uh, the install went flawlessly and upon first boot I was left with the Pixel desktop uh, with the taskbar at the top of the screen and a shortcut for the recycle bin on the desktop. Boot time on the uh, laptop with a Core 2 Duo, 4GB RAM and 120GB SSD is about 30 seconds which is good uh, also it was only using eighty seven megabyte of uh, the available ram on startup uh... which gives an indication of the credentials of an os built specifically to run uh... and be backwards compatible with the original two five six megabyte Pi, which is good that term um, the raspberry pi-, pi foundation is still supporting you know, hardware that's now four or five years old um, but it does mean that if you've still got a f- 256 uh, megabyte Pi stuck in a cupboard somewhere, it's not um, defunct, you can still use it. Uh, first job I did was to rav- uh, navigate to Raspberry Pi config uh, from the menu bar um, you open the menu, look at preferences, Raspberry Pi config, and press that and it opens up. And the, on the first page of that, you get the option to change uh, the password. Which, considering every single Raspberry Pi install of Raspberry, starts with the password of Raspberry, you want to change that fairly quickly. Uh, just to stop anyone else messing about with your system, really. Uh, it won't allow you to choose a weak password, you've got to choose something reasonably good. Uh, so I duly changed the password uh, partly because my memory is terrible and my spelling is even worse. So if I use something that I know, I know what i <laughs> how I've spelt it, and <laughs> pretty good chance that I'll remember it. Um, after this, I connected the, the laptop to my Wi Fi network, which um, this happened flawlessly, it recognised that the network was there, Uh, I picked uh, my particular uh, SSID and uh, put in the password and it connected. Um, I've got an Intel Wi-Fi card in the uh, X61S, Um, I can't comment on how easy or difficult this would be with, with a piece of equipment with another uh, make of uh, Wi Fi card. Maybe someone else could uh, share their experience of connecting uh, Raspbian to, in- uh, to Wi Fi on their network if they're not running Intel. The next task uh, I ran a couple of terminal commands to update the system sudo apt update and sudo apt upgrade and uh, Updated all the pa- uh, updated all the packages to get security fixes and any uh, package updates that were available. There's one little bug in the system. I'm not quite happy with it. I think maybe uh, I know why it's there because it makes it easier for new users who've got no experience with Linux. It makes it easier for them to be able to uh, update things uh, and not worry about passwords and stuff. But sudo runs by default without uh, uh, having to put a password in. Uh, can be fixed, and there's a uh, link in the show notes to a page that shows you how to do that, but uh, it, I'm not going to go into that here. Uh, but if you're not using the system for anything that you're security conscious with and you're just playing around with it, don't worry about it. It's, no, it's not a major issue. Uh, but if you're going to use it as a SSH, uh, you know, SSH into the machine and stuff like that and then maybe you want to think about uh, changing that so that it can only work with sudo after a password has been put in uh, so af- after completing the upgrades uh, I also added Synaptic Package Manager to the install uh, partly because even though you can use the terminal for adding software and stuff, you don't always know the exact term um, package name or whatever that you want to install and if you're just hunting for audios you know something to do with audio uh... synaptic will give you a little rundown on what various bits of software are so you can go and have a look and uh, decide what you want to install so i installed synaptic through the uh, terminal mm. and after you've installed it it appears in the uh, preference menu as a as a link to open it up Now that does require the password to to start it up for some reason. Terminal doesn't, but Synaptic does. So there's one for you. Um, One thing uh, that didn't work out of the box was audio. I had to install some Alsa packages and Audacity to collect the needed dependencies for the audio to work. So I installed Alsa Player, Alsa Mixer GUI and Audacity and after I'd done that uh, and rebooted, the audio works. Uh, uh, I'm not sure exactly which were the dependencies for audio that weren't working but by doing that I grabbed them and it now works. There was no battery monitor installed on the uh, in the software so I went and got Batman uh, out of the Synaptic mani- uh, Package Manager, installed that and so now I can check. Uh, the battery status, which um, if you're out and about and you're uh, relying on the battery a lot, that can be quite useful to have. On the whole given that Raspberry has been built uh, to be compatible with uh, all the iterations of the Pi, including the the new Pi Zero etc. The the software uh, installed by default while minimal, includes all the basics for web use, Chromium Uh, for uh, web browsing uh, clause email for uh, sending emails and receiving emails and for office work you've got the full open office suite which is quite a feat Um, and I did a little bit of playing around with these and they worked fine you've got to remember that the uh, X61S is a Core 2 Duo uh, and I had 4GB of RAM so I would expect them to work fairly, fairly well uh, but on something a little less well specced you might find that some of the more uh, resource heavy packages might uh, slow down a bit and you might only be able to use one or possibly two at a time So would I use Raspbian x86 as a daily driver? Well with a few tweaks it might it might be possible particularly on uh, if you have got an older PC or laptop that you want to try and rescue Um, on something very low spec you might struggle I need to try it on an old Atom netbook to see if it will work or uh, you know Um, but I suspect on a Pentium 4 system which I might try out at the makerspace in the next week or so um, because we've got one kicking around for adding uh, distros to Uh, and if it's got a couple of gig of RAM it should work reasonably well uh, and if you've got you know one or two of them kicking around and a couple of kids kids at home that want a, a homework system and somewhere that they can mess about with uh, software development through Scratch or Python or whatever, uh, some of the stuff that they do at school maybe on Raspberry Pis and they've not got a Pi, then um, it could be quite a good uh, little student you know school student machine and uh, you're not throwing something away to you know, to have to be recycled granted you m- a Pentium 4 it's going to be more hungry on electricity than a modern system but uh, take into account how much it's cost- going to cost you to replace that system and you can probably run a Pentium 4 for quite a number of years before your electricity uh, costs are going to eat into Three or four hundred quid that it costs you to replace a Pentium 4. Um, so, um, I've put a link in the show notes to uh, a page on the internet that uh, gives you a link to download the ISO either via HTTP or a torrent um, and give it a go, you know, see what you think of it yourselves and let me know. Uh, so that's it that's Tony Hughes in Blackpool signing off for this episode of Hacker Public Radio bye for now
0: you've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org we are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday Monday through Friday today's show like all our shows was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself